What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Baseball Connection. We are beginning another week. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. And there's a lot to cover as we had a good Sunday. So I will start in Pittsburgh. So we had, you know, the night before we had a walk-off grand slam off the bat of Jacob Stallings. It's been a wild series, or it was a wild series out there. But the Mets finally got one. And it, it was ugly for them in the beginning of the game yesterday where they got in a hole really quickly. But they had a 7-6 comeback win. I mean, they were down 6 nothing after the first inning. Because Taiwan Walker gave up six runs in just one-third of an inning. Three of which came on an infield single from Kevin Newman and then an error from Taiwan Walker. So here's what happened. Kevin Newman hits basically a swinging bunt. And three runs come around to score. You wonder how in the world does that happen? Well, he hits a dribbler that was foul initially. And it's run, it's spinning and coming back into fair territory. Taiwan Walker goes over and he tries to kind of scoop it away before it ever reaches fair territory. He thinks he, you know, he just scoops it and, and throws it towards the dugout with his glove, like shovels it over with his glove towards the dugout. He thinks he got to the ball before it touched the line. But the umpire says, no, it touched the line. And Taiwan Walker didn't realize what happened. He thought that it was a fair ball. And runners are running and coming around to score. So three runs score while while the Mets thought that uh, it was a foul ball the whole time when it, it actually did just come back and nick the chalk and technically a fair ball. So that's how you get three runs to score on, on a swinging bunt. Crazy stuff. But... They're able to claw back into this game with a three-run homer from Travis Blankenhorn, his first career home run. And then Michael Conforto delivered a clutch go-ahead two-run blast. And the Mets avoided a sweep. They finished off their weekend series with a 7-6 comeback win over Pittsburgh at PNC Park. That's what they needed. I mean, it started off really ugly. They were, they were yeah, they, they were <laughs> backs against the wall. Luis Rojas, the manager, got ejected, obviously, because he was arguing that whole thing in the first inning. But... After Taiwan Walker came out of the game early, the Mets bullpen combined to hold the Pirates scoreless through eight and two thirds for the rest of the game. So Taiwan was an opener. It, it, it really just blew up in his face, but then the bullpen held things down and the Mets got the victory. Much needed victory for the Metropolitans. So out to L.A., of course, um, you know, ob- obligatory Shohei Otani discussion. He did hit. Yesterday, he had a home run yesterday, his 34th of the year. Shaking off some rust, he went two for three with two walks and a two-run homer as they lost 7-4 to the Mariners. You know, he had shown a little bit of rust, but it was literally just two games after the All-Star break. They're like, oh, he, he's showing rust. Well, it's because in two games, he struck out six times, which is a lot. He was one for ten with six strikeouts in the first two games, but yesterday he looked just like himself. You know, a two-run homer, a couple walks, and, you know, you know two hits. So he was really good. He's going to pitch tonight. And he's going to make his 14th start on the mound against the Oakland A's. And he's going to hit as well. But I would say bigger news in bigger news in, uh, in Anaheim right now is that uh, they called up Brandon Marsh. Okay, Brandon Marsh is their number one prospect. He's the number one prospect in the organization, number 38 in all of baseball. And he started in center field. And the Angels have holes in their outfield. Right now, Trout is injured, Upton is injured, and the guys they've been putting out there just really haven't been doing much. Uh, Juan Lagares, you know, guys like that. But Brandon Marsh is ready for the big leagues, at least in their estimation. He's 23 years old. Who is this kid? Well, 
He was a high school, a second round pick out of high school, two way, sorry, two sport athlete in high school, great wide receiver on the football team as well, coming out of Georgia. But he was also, you know, he ended up signing, you know, to play baseball, but pretty raw and toolsy outfielder. That's usually what we see with these two sport athletes. They're usually pretty raw in baseball terms. They have to kind of refine themselves over the years in the minors. But, I mean, it didn't take Marsh long to go out and learn a feel for the game. I mean, this dude hit 350 with 396 on base, 548 slugging in his first pro season. And he's been really good ever since. I mean, yes, on, on the, the, the 20 to 80 uh, the scouting scale, he has four plus tools, four tools that grade out as 60. Okay, so, so this is a guy who, who has a lot of tools and he's very fast. He's very fast, though. I mean, you can see that, of course, someone who was a wide receiver of football, you can see that. But he has stolen a lot of bases, 45 for 56, something that should continue in the big leagues. I mean, don't expect him to push Trout out of center field, but uh, he should be able to handle a corner spot very well. And, yeah, he can play either corner equally well. And now he's 100%. He's healthy. Um, yeah. And, and all, he has a strong arm, too. So I can see him being in right field. When Trout returns, you can show off that arm in right, and you can have Upton in left. I think that's what's going to happen. But that is another rookie who is, who has been summoned to the big show. And, yeah, this is – I mean, it's July. I mean, I wouldn't say you want to put him on any kind of, like, rookie of the year watch list or anything. But, um, you know, over the next few years, I think this is someone who's going to be a pretty special player. Pretty special player because he, he has strong grades across the board. Moving on, moving on. So, some unfortunate uh, injuries. So, a lot of guys hit the IL, but Darren O'Day, his season is likely over after a significant right hamstring injury. The Yankees placed him on the IL, you know, a while back, like on the 8th of July, and now it's it's been told that he's going to miss the rest of the season. That's a huge blow, obviously. Jazz Chisholm Jr. and Garrett Cooper left the Marlins game due to injuries. Left shoulder contusion for Chisholm in the first inning, Garrett Cooper in the eighth inning with an elbow injury. And they're going to get further testing today. Gavin Lux, he left the game yesterday with a hamstring injury. The Dodgers lost 6-5 to five to the Rockies, but Lux immediately grabbed his left hamstring, breaking out of the batter's box on a ground ball in the ninth inning. He was replaced at shortstop in the bottom half of that inning. And, um, yeah, they'll do additional tests and all that to see where he stands and then some contract talk so oh yeah I I also didn't mention DeGrom was on the IL but this happened uh, the other day I forgot to mention it but he's on the injured list he continues to deal with forearm tightness he's not going to throw until that tightness subsides so extension talk Starling Marte was offered a three-year 30 million dollar contract extension by the Marlins he has declined it and um now, since he's declined that, there's a pretty good chance he's going to be traded ahead of the deadline. Obviously, because this is an expiring contract. This is someone who's going to be a free agent this offseason. He's probably going to be the best center fielder on the free agent market. I mean, Chris Taylor is going to be a free agent. You can exclude him because he's a utility man. But Marte is, has played really well this year. And he's always been a productive player. He's hitting at a career best level because he's been more patient. He's... He's not chasing pitches outside the zone as much. He has the lowest chase rate of his career, and he has a personal best walk rate. He's making strong, hard contact. He's barreling up a career-high 10.2% of batted balls. 
So and that puts him in 66th percentile league wide. The thing is, though, he turns 33 in October. So any new deal he gets in the offseason is going to be capped. It's not going to be too long. And, you know, that that's that's to be expected with a 33-year-old. But even though he's 33, he's still an 85th percentile runner. And his defensive metrics are above average to plus. So no concern about him being able to hold up in center field over the next couple seasons. He's he's still a very good center fielder. So makes perfect sense why he declined that extension. Um, he's asking for something around three or four years, $50 million. He wants about $50 million. The fact that he's 33 years old, he's turning 33 in the winter, I think he can get a four-year deal. Something like four years, fifty million. I think that's a very fair. I don't think that's outlandish. Four years, fifty million. That's twelve and a half million for this guy. He'll give you another three solid years. Maybe that last year might might not be so good, but hey, you take what you can get. Take what you can get because you'll get a few strong years out of this guy. So I want to talk about that because it's most likely going to play itself out over the next eleven days, as we lead up to this trade deadline. You could see a contender who needs an outfielder. Um, I mean. I know the New York Yankees need an outfielder. I'm trying to think of all teams that, that need one, but some teams really do need an outfielder, and Starling Marte would be the best one on the trade market available since he has declined that extension. So that is really all I'm going to cover today. I mean, hope you guys enjoy your week or the beginning to your week. That's going to do it. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.